One team were outright favourites and the other were the outsiders. Neither of them give a damn because they're both champions. Congratulations to everyone at Shamrock Rovers and Cork City. The fella in the green on my short. The fella in the green on my short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast in a week where Ireland are looking for a new shirt supplier. Shamrock Rovers and Cork City are celebrating winning the Premier Division and First Division respectively. And the Women's National League have a new... Well, a couple of new additions for 2023. My name's Roy Shanahan. I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Nathan, it's congratulations to Shamrock Rovers in Cork City. They are. They are. We had to get the congratulations in order. Um, Shamrock Rovers picking up their third consecutive title under Stephen Bradley. That's their, their record 20th uh, top-tier title now in the club's history, which is a phenomenal achievement, really. This is coming off the back of a, a nil-all draw between Sligo Rovers and Derry City in the showgrounds on Monday night. So even though they didn't win it on the pitch, they're still they're in such good fiddle for Roy Andy. They've been fantastic all season. Yeah. Uh, they're coming off a, a, an excellent European run, which we'll probably talk a bit more next week when, when, the, when the, the European uh, team has finished up. But yeah, well-deserved. If you're looking at, at that squad already, it's probably too weird to talk about 2023. We're not even done with this season, but... Like the past couple of years, all you need to do is make small little tweaks here and there, bring in one or two little, a few faces, keep the nucleus of the squad because they're doing brilliant work at the moment. You really, you, you can't fault uh, Sean McGrovers at all, especially uh, under the Stephen Kenny or Stephen uh, Bradley regime. Sorry, uh, yeah, absolutely excellent trophy presentation is going to take place this Sunday at home after the Derry City game. It's a shame that that's not really that's not competitive anymore. That would have been a really interesting way, wouldn't it, to finish up the league with that, with yeah. that massive home game today with City. Could have went to the last game. It could have, yeah, that really could been, have. It yeah, would have been I really think. interesting. But it's the same though in, in the fourth division, Roy. We'll just give a quick little mention to Cork City. Um, this now, would, for people uh, not know, this is going to be a little bit of a catch-up show. Um, El Roy, he was on the, on the, the family holiday, wasn't you, me? We were I'm over in Disneyland, yeah, over well, over yeah. in Paris. Uh, they used to call it Euro Disney, but now it's just Disneyland Paris. So, Disneyland Paris, uh, yeah. but no, it was, yeah, it was great. It's good, a good week away. It cost me a fortune, Nathan. So, <laughs> yes, I, I'll so. be working every bit of overtime I can get. That's uh, so, because I went back in March, but me and me misses that childless wonder, so we could sort it. They want a budget, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say that was the same in the Shanahan, uh, Shanahan <laughs> household. Uh, so yeah, so this is going back to, to the, the 7th of October. Uh, Cork City drew a home nil all to Wexford. While Galway were beating 2 1, if 2 1, massive 2 1 victory for Athlone uh, in Eamon DC Park. So that was enough to bring the title uh, to the great city of Cork and to see Cork come back to the Premier Division, where they belong, to be honest, or the too big of a club not to be up there. Um, anyone listening, I penned an article myself on the bigkickoff.com about Cork City, about how they've improved themselves behind the scenes coming from their. Um, financial disasters over the past 15 years or so and are they a bit more secure and structurally sound to make themselves a consistent presence in the Premier Division once again so any interest have a little click it could be worth a while you never know they stumbled a little bit right they only won three of the last 10 games but the work was done wasn't it for Cork City they've been excellent this season 
no different than Shamrock Rovers, Nathan. They had their little yeah. sticky patch yeah. when they thought that the league was nearly all wrapped up. But then that coincided with what we talked about beforehand, which was the European adventure that they're on. And uh, it, I mean, this year is, is, is a mad year because of how many games you have to play each each week. It's it's the Thursday, Sunday, if you want to call it, scenario where you're you're playing every four days. Uh, it's tough. So uh, they got through and they got there. And it was interesting to see that Stephen Bradley had sort of prioritised the league and sacrificed yeah. the European uh, adventure. It was, wasn't it? Because I, I, what, I think it could have been the Ghent game uh, away from home, Roy, when I was very critical of Bradley for going three at the back in these big European away games. But then after the, after, after an interview, I think it was the Mole game at home and you got beaten pretty much what he came out and said is that these European the, the nights out are brilliant to have they're great occasions but they need to become consistent and you can only do that by winning the league or finishing in the top three so yeah you can understand where they're coming from Roy because we're in it we've talked about this before having the state of you know the prize money in this country for winning the league and winning the cup to, to make yourself a sustainable uh, unit it just it's, it's all about getting that European money in on a, on a yearly basis so you can understand why Stephen did do it, especially with Derry City at the time were really breathing down the neck. I think they had a game in hand too. So yeah, you can understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations, Shamrock Rovers. Congratulations to Cork City. Great to have a, a, a Southern, Southern yeah. of Ireland team <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the league. Uh, that's that's brilliant. And uh, before we go on to it, I mean, there was playoff games. The first semi-finals for the playoff games in the first division were played, didn't I? The war, right, yeah. Um, Galway United and Longford played out with two all draw, I'm right in saying that. And Treat United beat, beating at home to Waterford 4 1. You'd probably imagine that there's no coming back for Treat United, no, which I is a shame. We champion the work that Tommy Barrett has done down there in such a short amount of time. It's still a success, a, Nathan, though, it's, isn't it's, it? It's a, it's a huge yeah, success. How they've done the first two years. It, it two years and the trot two playoffs. Like even if they only got the the playoffs this year would have been a fantastic achievement. Yeah. But it would have been that nice little calf, wouldn't he, you know, to, to get themselves in the Premier Division. But look, they got themselves to the playoffs once again. They got to an FAI Cup semi final. Excellent work going down in Limerick at the moment. Um so yeah, you'd imagine Waterford have, have won four in the in the fourth division playoff final. It's what I think was really difficult to say, Roy, isn't it? Galway, yeah. And well, just tell me about Galway, Nathan, because John Caulfield has been there now a, f- a few years yeah. now. He's brought in to get them into the Premier Division. What yeah. happens if they don't get into the Premier Division this year? I think he's in a bit of trouble, Roy. I really do. Like I said, he's there a couple of years now. They, they, they've bought in, they have the investment, they have the backing of the Karma Brothers who have been very generous with their finances to, at one stage, just keep the, keep the lights on in name of DC Park, but now they're trying to make them sustainable and bring them back into the Premier Division. Again, like Cork City, where they belong. Massive city like Galway, massive county like Galway, they, they need a, a League of Ireland club to be in the top top tier of Irish football. So, yeah, like I said, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. That's the only reason John was brought into the club. He has a proven track record as a winner with Cork City. He's done brilliant with obviously Hall of Famer for Cork City for his playing and managerial uh, days. So, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I do think he'd be in trouble if they don't go up, especially with the full-time structure that he have there at Galway at the moment. Yeah, so two all draw. They're playing at home in the next uh, next game, so it's set up for them to go and do it. But Longford are a, a good old outfit and yeah. uh, have been there over the last year, so it's it's something that's not going to be easy for John and his side. Now, this week, Nathan, there was a little bit of a fiasco uh, concerning the. 
Irish well not just the Irish team League of Ireland teams yeah. as well and their their jerseys do tell us all I think you're putting it lightly with a little bit of fiasco Roy it's been an absolute disaster hasn't it this has all sort of come together on Monday so yeah great start to the week uh, great start for people for like us that have it a content trend that has to keep chucking on so we'll take it um, like I said it all started off um when the FEI announced that they will be ending their agreement with the short supplier for, like you said, the, the Irish national team, um, Umbro or Jack Sports, Jack who, Sports is the, yeah. who is the, the, the distributor for Umbro. Um, straight away, Umbro um, were, uh, said that Umbro, were, sorry, Jack, I'm going to keep saying Umbro, Jack Sports. So yeah, if I do say Umbro, I do mean Jack Sports, but I'll try to keep it. Keep our nose clean. Uh, Jack Sport were exploring legal advice and rejection, rejected determination. This is because uh, the, the both parties, the FEI and Jack Sports, have a 28-year-old uh, agreement and that was due to run until 2026 because of a 2019 extension that, that was penned. So still had quite a few years left on their original agreement. And then so, the details came out, Nathan. And then the details did come out, Roy. <laughs> uh, they came out from multiple sor- sources. I think i see mine it was on the irish times is that a uh, the high court has been asked to wind up jack sports uh distributors ireland over unpaid debts of up to more than 13 million euro so we have a couple of a couple of little figures here to break down right um it's believed that 7.3 million is owed to uh, deal partners logistics limited uh, these figures actually come from that from that firm's barristers so we've, we've seen that again in, in this irish times article uh, for the three million is owed to Ulster Bank, and two point five million is owed to uh, Revenue. So, yeah, it's it, it's really so. As far as we're concerned, Nathan and everyone else in the planet, apart from Jack Sport, this is over. It's dead in the water, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So just to continue on here, Roy, uh, Deal Partners Logistics, who are um, a product uh, procurement and logistical services, they've, they've been a client of Jack's uh, Sport Distribution for a while now. They petitioned to the court to uh, appoint a provisional uh, liquidator to Jack Sport, which as of this evening has been granted. So again, yeah, really are in trouble here. Um, we can obviously, we will... We'll, We'll soften the blow a little bit later, you know, and talk about potential replacements for you know the Umbo jersey for the for the Irish team. But it, it really does make for grim reading uh, for Jack Sports uh, distributors, and it also makes grim reading for uh, any League of Ireland clubs that are, that use uh, yeah. Umbro jerseys. You know, coming first of all, coming this close to Christmas, that's going to be a huge selling point for for all League of Ireland clubs in terms of merchandise and getting funds in throughout the off season. They're sort of stuck in limbo now a little bit. Like we have Shamrock Rovers, uh, St. Pat's and Shelbourne. They're all contracted with uh, Jack Sports until uh, 2023. We now have uh, Dundalk and Drotter, who are our contract with them at the end of the season. So they're in complete limbo of, of what to do. You know, these things need to be wrapped up really quickly uh, from the club's point of view. And that's without mentioning, you know, like, like uh, Waterford, Atlone, Treaty United, Wexford. These are all have, have worn Umbro merchandise, Umbro jerseys this season. So... Yeah, a lot of clubs really left in limbo coming up to um, a big selling market, which would be the Christmas market. Yeah, now you can look at it two ways. This could be an opportunity now to to get a better deal. To uh, They'll have new jerseys next year with a new supplier and there'll be new looks. So, you know, if they do their little bit of marketing, they, they can, for the start of the year, Valentine's Day, get your <laughs> get your, your partner that jersey and, and, and hopefully they, uh, they all get sorted out. Now, before we go on to talk about the new additions in the Women's National League, 
the World Cup draw was made for the women's. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. So, no. Nathan, let's talk about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was it was brilliant to see, wasn't it, that they were uh, drawn. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it, no. I'm going to say I did. I, I, turned, I turned over. The phone was beside me, switched on the RT player. Boom, there it was. And uh, it, it was it was exciting because you're looking at the draw. There was really kind of one that you wanted, which was the New Zealand the Group A, and that's where you wanted it. But, well, would you settle for what we had? Well, what we got was Group B. Um, like, it's... Um, has Australia who had a co-host with New Zealand for the, the 2023 Women's World Cup uh, then we also got Nigeria and Canada so the exciting part of that is uh, if we look at the matches we're going to start off in Sydney against Australia on the 20th of July and that's going to be the court raiser for the entire tournament that game's going to take straight away after the, the opening ceremony so that in itself Roy, it, it's going to be it's, it's going to be such an event to have not only for, for us as a nation but Everybody tuned into the World Cup, you know, the, the, the anticipation is going to be a fever pitch coming yeah. straight off the back of the opening ceremony. So that's going to be absolutely brilliant. Uh, just a bunch of the other ones, we'll be playing uh, Canada then in Perth on uh, six days later, on J- July the 26th. And then we'll be finishing up in Brisbane against Nigeria on July the 31st. So breaking down the group, it is, it, 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 it is a difficult group, not going to lie. With the three teams just mentioned there, all three of them have got to the last 16 of the previous World Cup. Are coming against uh, Australia, who are, are the whole co-hosts of the competition, so they're going to have the home advantage with the game being in in Sydney. Um, then we have a Canadian side that that's ranked seven in the world, so mm. a highly rated uh, Canadian team. But I think it goes a little bit beyond that, Roy, doesn't it? We're, we've talked about the strides that the women team have made here in this country, and you think five years ago, the stories of them getting changed in public bathrooms and just and just lobbying for equal pay. Like now that they're setting home attendance records, you have that equal pay status, the 24th ranked in the world, which is the highest uh, ranking that, that, that you've ever got. The, we've just talked about merchandise. Reading in, in some of the reports about the, the Umber merchandise, that the demand for, for the women's uh, the women's national team home jerseys has been absolutely through the roof now coming to Christmas. So nothing but positivity around it. Um, and it's brilliant to see them in such a, 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 such a massive stage being able to open the, this uh, edition of the World Cup against Australia. Absolutely. That's the first part. You, you look on the positive side of this, it's the first game, which will mean a lot of nerves for this Australian side who will be at home. You can talk about how they'll be pushed on, but if things aren't going their way, it'll get very nervous and you know they will be very nervous starting off this game. So they won't have a game under their belt either. So... It, I think it's a good one to get if you're going to get any of them and if you're going to get Australia it's in the opening game as well so I don't think that's too bad Nigeria Nigeria is, is the one that we didn't want out of that group I think they're in their eight finals in a row so yeah. even though they're one of the lesser seeds they're experienced as you said last 16 last time so and we know Canada are a, a really good outfit so listen we're going there go there enjoy it have fun but if anything 
you know, football in Ireland, uh, women's football and girls watching this, it's it's going to just, it, there's going to be a bounce after it. And that's that's what we want to see. So it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to go. I, yeah, I'd be, yeah. I'm jealous of anyone who gets to go down there. I, I mean, unless uh, I win a whole load of money, I'm not going to be going down. But I'd love you can to be still paying off Disneyland up yeah. by, by <laughs> next summer. But no, yeah, definitely. Like, like Australia is known for having a lot of a uh, lot of Irish down there. Like, if I was living down there myself, I'd be following the, the team around. It'd be such an experience to see. Oh, brilliant, yeah. First ever major tournament and to have it at a World Cup and again to have us opening it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I can't, I really, genuinely, I cannot wait to see how we get on. Brilliant. Now, the, the men's side, they had their Euro 2024 draw. Again, we didn't get to talk too much about that no. either. Uh, the, the draw gave us Netherlands, France, Greece and Gibraltar. Nathan, again, I watched this draw and... I did watch this one, yeah. Did you watch this one? I watched that. I, I will say, the only reason I didn't watch a women's one was it was my granddad's favorite the night before and it, the draw was at half seven in the morning. So, yeah, I wasn't wasn't getting up. Okay, right. That's terrible. Just to cut me on back. Just to cut me on back. <laughs> um, the draw I was talking the day before, I said, you know, people were saying, you know, we could get this draw. I said, yeah, well, we could get the Netherlands and France. That would be, you know, and then talked about maybe Netherlands and England. It's exactly what happened when I seen Group B come out. I was like, "Please do not pull Ireland out! Please do not pull." Yeah. Ireland came out. Then the next one we got Greece, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's probably one of the worst ones there as well." You know, really tricky side to play, and I wasn't going to. I, I, I was thinking that we might have pulled Cyprus in the last one. I said, "God, that'd be it now." A really tough, tough draw, but we we got Gibraltar. Um, nothing against Gibraltar, but it, it, it's it's certainly a team that we would have wanted. <laughs> How can you see us fair out in this? This is going to be really, really tricky, isn't it? Yeah, we won't be booking our flights for to do any vlogs in Germany just yet, I don't think, me. Um, we're, we're looking forward to the World Cup draw, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, look, like I said, the Gibraltar game, at about six points and you're dead in the water. You really, yeah. really are. Holland, I've been absolutely been so impressed with Holland um, since Van Gaal went back in there. You know, we haven't we finished top of that group in the, in the World Cup 20, uh, 2022. Two uh, for Qatar, they finished top of the group, came off the back again, top of the group for the most recent uh, Nations League campaign. Even though I've seen people saying, Oh, France finished third in their Nations League campaign, but it's this is a France side that's shocked full of quality. I, yeah. I really wouldn't look too much into, into that at all. Those two sides are absolutely excellent. You're kind Just of hoping be- for after the World Cup, a whole load of them to retire, aren't you? Look, we talked about the fixtures for, for the for the women's team. Air Force games are home to France on the 27th of March, uh, 2023. At home, France, Aviva Stadium. World Cup hangover. Am, am I clutching that straw, Roy? Yeah, we yeah, all are. You know, yeah, I look. <laughs> Happen, I don't know if you remember, Croatia were in the World Cup in 98. You wouldn't remember this. Croatia in the World Cup in 98 came third, I believe, in, in 98. Was that correct? Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh we had them in September for the European Championships next and we beat them. I think it was 2-0. Dennis Irwin definitely scored a penalty, I'm fairly sure. But we beat them in September 2-0 and Ivan was talking about World Cup hangovers and it's possible. So I don't think the France game is a bad game to have in March. No. Uh, and it's coming to the sort of, if you if you want to call it, the, the, the end of the season, the nitty gritty. You may have a few pullouts and I know we're clutching the straws here, but Again, if there was any time that is the best time to play them, it's probably that time. It probably is, Roy, yeah. Like again, looking at a Greece side, like people are saying they're probably on par with us. I think they're they're a better side than we are. Um 
again, wouldn't take too much into their most recent um, Nations League campaign. They did finish third in their most recent World Cup uh, qualifiers, but that was behind Spain and Sweden, so not bad company to keep it yeah. up. Uh, just to bring this up probably a little bit more um, time-friendly, because this, happened, this draw did happen a while ago, um, what do you make of this that, um, to, to talk that Stephen Kenny has been frustrated with the lack of transparency in terms of these fixtures? Obviously, we're about to go into a group of five teams. Uh, Stephen is upset that we, will, we won't be playing in the final round of fixtures. Um, what, what do you make? What, what do you think? Do you think he has a point? Do you think we should be playing on the final? Do you think we should be, because it is an uneven amount, should we, you know, be idle on the opening game? Would you rather be open if idle on the opening game or would you rather be idle on the closing round of fixtures? Uh, I think it depends where you are. If you've won all your games, you don't give a damn, do you? So it's it's a case of how you've done in those games. I, 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 I wouldn't like to be missing out on a game. So I wouldn't like to be, you know, for France to have a game five days beforehand and then be playing us because they're, they've are they got a little bit of a warm-up. It's, all, it's never good. If you have a league campaign and, and you start behind a couple of teams and, and you're trying to play catch-up, it's not, it's not a good thing. I understand what he's talking about on the last day. I mean, if Netherlands needed a draw against France to get through, they don't have to go and win the game. You know, at our expense, they just have to go and get the draw. So on the last days, there should be, the game should be all on, you know, at the same time. And obviously we have five in the group, so that makes it really, really difficult. But it's not just us. It's the same with, with the other groups. So looking at Group A, Spain, Scotland, Norway, Georgia and, and Cyprus. The exact same thing could happen to Spain, Scotland and Norway, you know. So is it the look of the draw? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it could. There's potential there for it to be yeah, to be used wrongly, I suppose. But then again, it's up to Stephen Ireland or Stephen Kenny and, and Republic of Ireland to go out and make sure they perform well and get the points. This doesn't make a difference at that stage because Republic of Ireland have got the points that they've got, and that's it. So they they really need to go out and uh, do the job in in some of these games, especially at home. Well, look, forget Euro twenty twenty four, right? It's all about your 2028, isn't it? That's that's the money. This, yeah. this, this is where we're going to go because we were just having a little look on before we came here. Um, that people that don't know, uh, there's a five nation bid going in uh, between uh, Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. It's said to be to be the favourite to, to come out as the host. Uh, I think there's a bid in Turkey uh, behind to host Euro 2024. So in that bid, the organisers uh, want two automatic promotion places. It's 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 not possible to let all five of the hosts. If we do win uh, yeah. the opportunity to host your twenty twenty four, it's not possible for all five to go in. So it's going to have to be two. Obviously, England are going to go in because um, they often open things six stadiums. So yeah. they're going to be the preliminary host. So it's going to go straight into it. Uh, and it's believed that Ireland are the favourite candidates to take that last um, automatic place. If it, if that scenario does come to pass, it's because Ireland are going to offer up two stadiums, them being the Aviva Stadium and Coe Park, while Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland will only be given up one stadium. So, backdoor, okay. we love it. We love a technicality and we'll because take it. Because that's totally fair. <laughs> we'll take it. 100% we'll take it. Now, this is what I said before about these this European... Our, our, even if it was a World Cup one that we were going for, but uh, for these European Championships, if you're a host and you don't get a place automatically and then you miss out on qualifying, 
what's the point? Yeah. I, I, I was secretly delighted that we didn't get yeah. that place so. in the last Euros because, yeah, you, you, you say, oh, yeah, you're part of it and all, but you're not part of it because you're not in no. it. So I'm... Uh, Listen, I, I only want us to have that if we actually do get in and we're participating and we're within that. So if this is the case, great. Uh, do you feel sorry for Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales? Absolutely not. They've been to they've been to the European Championships. Yeah, you've had uh, a goal, lads. Recently, let the, rest, so. let the other boys play for a little Yeah, while. yeah. Give it, give us a shot. Give us a <laughs> yeah. shot. Um, but yeah, no, so, same it as you, mate. Let me say, it, Jill, like, I, I was due, I was actually walking at Euro 2020, and that's was, right. Yeah, I got the job off. I win. Ireland was still in contention. It was brilliant. Everything was great. And then it just didn't qualify. And it was, though, you could feel it. I don't know about you, but like in Dublin, around talking to football fans, the excitement was just just gone, wasn't it, for, for, yeah. for the entire tournament? It didn't really give it, no, we didn't really give a damn. Like no. it wouldn't have been, it would have been on the news for half an hour maybe and then that would be been it you know it's inland eh, whatever great so uh, no, no you know would have brought a lot of revenue to the city you know you understand all that but yeah football fans are, uh, at the heart of it and if we're, if we're hosting a major tournament like that in our back garden we want to be involved we want to that's be it absolutely okay right so there, there you go so we're giving them absolutely no chance in 2024 <laughs> nearly and 2028 <laughs> we're hoping that we can just get thrown in there so <laughs> there's there's total faith for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve, <laughs> yeah, truth, i'm gonna just finish off on that uh, the euro 2024 you, you have to go into it and give it everything we had yeah. i know we had a better probably a little better better team in, at that time but we had portugal and holland when we qualified for the 2002 world cup everyone told us the exact same thing probably won't qualify and we did so uh, things happen you know you just don't know what's going to happen so uh, you've got to go out and perform and uh, I really hope that Stephen Kenny goes and does it okay uh, there has been some new additions to next year's Women's National League who are they Nathan? Yeah brilliant to hear this Roy um, first of all probably the one we expected uh, Galway United uh, will be entering the league the Women's National League in 2023 this comes off the back of uh, the very sad news that Galway Women's Football Club is disbanding but thankfully as you, like we said, you've expected Galway United swooped in, uh, took them under the Galway United banner. Um, launched. I know Galway United do have an under 19s and 17s uh, girls team in the league, so great to see them going in into the senior women's national league. Be a great addition. Galway, Galway Women's Football Club are there already, so it's going to be you'd imagine it's seamless. They play the home yeah. games in Amon DC Park anyway, it'd just be an extra expenditure for Galway United to pick up. But, we, we talked about the financial backing that he had there. It won't bring any distribute or major change to the to the, uh, the the balancing book for It would be United. wrong, Nathan, if they didn't put a team yeah, in, especially be, with the finances it? they have now. Yeah, it would be. It definitely would. Just just for the, the keep uh, keep football going like this in Galway and in the West of Ireland, it's absolutely vital. It's it just made sense, didn't it? When Galway uh, WFC uh, disbanded and folded, it's, it it just made complete sense for Galway United you know, to, to bring them in under their banner and, and to keep it going. Yeah, and and off the back of everything that the women's national team has done, the league is 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 starting to grow hugely. It, it, you can watch games anytime you want, so it's important that all these League of Ireland sides have a, a women's team and and look to flourish and and have the underage teams as well. So yeah, it's fantastic. So let's go in. The other yeah. is, and along with them, you have uh, Shamrock Rovers. They'll be back in the women's national league Finally. again. Finally, again, building on the under 19s and under 17s teams. Now, this is subject to um, a successful licensed application, but they will be in the Women's National League in 2023. 
Uh, and even more, like, well, not more exciting, but as exciting, Roy, um, they brought in Collie O'Neill as the, uh, yeah. the the first team head coach, which absolutely brilliant appointment. We, we know Collie, you know, coaching days with Lucy Dundalk and Shelbourne, yeah. but most notably he's the manager of UCD when they won the fourth division in 2018. So excellent appointment. Great to see Collie back in, but most importantly, great to see Shamrock Rovers uh, back in the Women's National League. Brilliant oh, to see. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. It really is. Do you all be doing it? We own clubs in Pats. I'm always disappointed that they're not there, but with this now partnership between himself and Cherry Orchard and they're setting up an under-17s team, hopefully, then they should be doing it. Should really be entering into the into the league because it's like like you said it's, it's just all the success from the women's uh, women's national team will filter down into club football we're coming to the last uh weekend now right this weekend coming is the final weekend of the women's national league and it's going to be an absolute belter uh shelbourne wexford and atlone who have a brilliant season still mm. in the running to win the title like that atlone team in the fei cup final too so it's going to be really exciting. We'll talk about it more next week's show when we have a, a, a champion. So, yeah, the, the league has been excellent this year. And Galway United and Shamrock Rovers, two brilliant additions for 2023. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to a few kind of quick-fire uh, chats, I suppose, we'll have. And the for, very first one is, and we'll start with the, the, the champions, Stephen Bradley. There's been rumours that Stephen Bradley may not be there next year. One, Nathan... Do you think he will or he won't? And two, what would happen to Shamrock Rovers and who would be an ideal replacement, do you think, to come in from? Because that's probably the hardest part. That is the hardest part, Roy. Um, I personally, I don't think it's something they're going to worry about. I, I will. I do think Stephen Bradley will be there next year. Don't like talking about personal stuff, but it's obviously been well noted that, he, that he's, his young lad is is, in, is sick. He's not in the best of health. So I think that could play a factor to stay at home, stay in Dublin, whether it be for another year or so. Again, it feels weird even talking about it, you know, like mm. we should be talking about football and aspects and not wanting to move on. I'm sure Stephen does. Stephen's a very, very young manager and he has all the time in the world to do these things and move on. But because of things like that, I'd imagine, if I just throw my own little two cents in from the outside looking in, right, I think Stephen will be Shamrock Rovers manager come uh, February. In terms of the replacement one, it is difficult, isn't it? You know, yeah. we're looking at Shamrock Rovers side, you have a lot of ex-league Vardom pros in the system, whether it be, you know, Glenn Crowe, the assistant manager, uh, Aiden Price is down underage. Do they keep it internal? Do they keep the, the great, the, the harmony in the group that you have there at the moment? Or do you bring in, like... This is the completely just an outside of the box nine that came to my head. Lots of Ian Barraclough has been let go from his Northern Ireland uh, position. Uh, former Sligo Rovers manager won the league of Sligo. Do you bring somebody, I'm not saying Ian at all, I don't think Ian's the right man for it. I'm just, it's a name like that. Do you bring someone like that into the fault? Or would you keep, uh, you know, hire internally if you're up in Shamrock Rovers? Well, I think it makes sense to hire internally. They've got so many... Uh, good football people there that be, I think it would be mad to bring someone else in unless they have the absolute same DNA that they have within that Shamrock Rovers unit because that's what's been going on they're, they're playing their, the, the younger teams playing f- same football as, as the senior team so they, they fit in seamlessly so for someone to come in and not have that same sort of DNA or that uh, same football vision it wouldn't make any sense at all so it would make sense then, I suppose, to have someone who's already there and has all that uh, ready yeah. and going. Now, who it is, 
that's a different matter. Uh, Stephen McFall probably be the one that makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, McFall, maybe. maybe. Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. couple of candidates I'd say, but yeah, I think that's probably I think that would probably be the best thing to to go with. Anyhow, even if that was only a season. It, just to, to get them through if they hadn't got someone lined up so okay that's a, a good one uh, UCD Finn Harps who stays up who goes to the playoffs I predicted at the very start of the season not bullshitting you could check it's in the record somewhere whether it's in old podcast archives or an article I predicted Finn Harps to finish 10th at the start of the season I'm going to stick with it I'm going to stick with Finn Harps to finish 10th and Ollie Horgan to sadly bear out Okay, and do you think again? There's there's another great question. Ollie Horgan, does he finish up with football? Then is that him finished, or do you, could you see him at another club? No, I couldn't at all. Right, I know he's. I could be wrong. Is he up in the IT in Letter Kenny? He has some sort of role up in Letter Kenny somewhere. There's gonna be somebody screaming down at me, calling me an idiot. But I know he does. He has a role outside. I think he seems to be happy with that. I couldn't imagine Steve, oh, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen on the brain. I couldn't imagine Ollie um, really going elsewhere. He seems so connected with Finn Harps, doesn't he? And yeah. really, you know, his morals seem to be their morals. It's us against the world, and that's been there for years, and it's just not there this year. I don't know what they're lacking. They really are lacking that sort of a cohesive unit where we've seen in past years. This is where Finn Harps come into that stride, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, and it's. It's not there. This, you know, they have a massive game against UCD on Friday. That's going to be an absolute belter. Um, anything but a win, and they are uh, relegated. So, yeah, I do. No, no, I, I, I can see UCD snipping into that ninth position, but I can also see UCD getting relegated, um, especially if they come up against uh, Waterford or Galway, uh, especially Waterford. That Waterford team, Roy, is, it's, it's Premier Division quality. It really, really is. Yeah. I, I, so I think if UCD or Harps come up against them, they're going to be in trouble. Okay, so now you nearly answered my next question, but I'll go. I'll go the other end of the first division. When you look at at Lone Nathan, we slated them at the start of the year, deservedly so. They, they deserved uh, everything that uh, was being thrown at them. Uh, they have turned things around on the pitch, anyhow. Yeah, they have done a couple of big results. We mentioned beating Galway United two one um, in Amy DC Park. It's the first win in you know, what I think I said it was ten years. Roy could have been even more actually. In Galway, so that was brilliant for them. Beat Cork City, beat the champions. Um, again, late on the season, they had a, an excellent uh, late resurgence. Still, didn't really do much for them in terms of league standings. But mm. yeah, the, the slow improvements there. But we've seen that with Wexford as well. Roy didn't reach the, the year that, that they think was a finished bottom. But they had a couple of good results uh, to finish up the season and and built off that. Now. Granted, Wexford did have, you know, looks at Ian Ryan and he had a complete uh, restructure behind the scenes, which which done the world of good. At Lone still don't have that. So I wouldn't imagine there'll, there'll be a bounce, a, a real a jump uh, next season uh, because of that. But yeah, a couple of good results for At Lone because they really, at the start, it didn't look like they could have gone to win a game. They didn't look capable no. of winning the yeah. game. No, certainly, certainly saved face, we'll say, uh, this season. Okay. Uh, you, as I said, you probably answered this already for me. Uh, Waterford, Galway, Longford and Treaty are in these playoffs. Who's going up? Waterford, I think so. Here we are. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I've watched them. Uh, young Patterson seems to be flying uh, yeah. with them. And well, a lot he'd of talk, he, he'd be gone. Yeah, a lot of talk would yeah. be gone. Do Waterford, if they want to have a chance to keep them, because again, there is a good structure there now uh, with the club being bought that 
if they got Premier Division football, they may be able to offer him a contract that might keep him there. Yeah, I think that's what allows on Roy. I think if you don't get promoted, he's going to be gone, whether that be seeing Sean McGrove was getting banded about. Um, I personally think he'd go abroad. I can't see him staying in Ireland. If he is going to leave, go to England or something like that. But yeah, if you get promoted, that's a good caveat to keep him around, isn't it? With everything that's going on behind the scenes. Um, it's it's similar to Cork City. It's, it's a club that seems, in the outside looking in, seems to be going in the right direction. Waterford have had false hope after false hope over the past couple of years, but I think they seem to be, they seem to have the man there, and Andy Poiley seems to be doing great stuff behind the scenes with Waterford, so yeah, I do, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see either Waterford or Galway go up, just because of that full-time structure, right, it brings that bit more professionalism to the league, like Cork are going up there full-time, so we have another full-time team going up, the only team that won't be full-time if that was the case, if Cork and one of the other full-time teams go up, it's going to be Drottle. Drottle would be the only non-technical and they full-time were talking, team. they were talking about and changing talking. that anyhow. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, they probably have to or they won't survive. So, yeah. that's how competitive it will get up there, which is, is great to see. So, that would just mean then that some full-time team will have to be relegated, which is a whole different world again than the following year. But again, with the money, with the money that you get out of the league standings, that's not really if it's not like the Premier League where you're going to lose a load of money it, your money is made elsewhere really isn't it so you have to really kind of make your, your, your money elsewhere unless you're doing what Shamrock Rovers are doing and winning leagues three years or two and a half years in a row and getting into those Europa League group stages uh, and ev- only one team really can do that you know I know the European teams normally when third, third second third and fourth they're not as strong as as that team who have won the league and then they struggle a little bit in Europe. So it's hard to get to them group stages. Uh, but listen, fingers crossed, we're uh, we're going in the right road. Okay, Nathan, we're going to leave it there. Uh, hopefully now uh, we've got this all down. We recorded this. We haven't had a video podcast in a while only because a few technical issues we're hoping fingers crossed this has got through today it will, will. Hopefully, hopefully I think so yeah let's get off it quickly for anyone who's listening on the podcast thanks as always it's great to have you listening yeah. um, we're, we're, it's great to be back and we'll keep that content coming out talk to you soon